Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation and I'm your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And today we have lined up an absolutely fascinating show uh, with Scott Unstutt. And Scott has done an incredible job, as you'll learn over the next uh, 50 minutes or so, in piecing together a huge piece of the puzzle. So, Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. It's a pleasure to be here. So Secrets in Plain Sight is uh, Scott's uh, website, and there is an incredible amount of information there about uh, what we're going to be talking about today, which he has put together over the last couple of years. But before we talk about that, Scott, just tell us how this journey all began for you. Well, I guess it began in the late 90s when I was studying crop circles, and I felt like that sort of activated me in some sense. But the genesis of Secrets in Plain Sight came from a talk I had with an intuitive and she said I was, I was going to become a video producer. And I, I was really dumbfounded by, by that because I didn't really you know, see that. But I did some soul searching, and then I came up with a script to Secrets in Plain Sight very quickly. And it, it took me about a year to put it all together into the movie. And in terms of the actual, the actual content of the, of the, mov- of the movie, what, what, what inspired that? Um, it's it just a bunch of books that I'd read over the years, um, epiphanies I'd had, um, different, just different things I wove together into kind of a narrative about these so-called secrets in plain sight, which are all around us, that are in cities, buildings, and art. And so let's I just talk about the, let's felt, talk about the whole the whole picture and, and how it fits together and all the the pieces that you of the puzzle that you've actually seen and, and put together and, and, and in this incredible uh, journey of yours that has obviously been, <laughs> been a life-consuming passion over the last few years. So just begin by, by telling us what, what is it that holds all of this together? What's, what's, at the, what's the kernel at the center of this? Well, the root of it really is number. And I go back to Pythagoras' motto, all is number. You know, Pythagoras was educated in Heliopolis and So much of the symbolism traces back to ancient Egypt. Um, Also, it traces back to the quadrivium, which was was the Pythagorean or Platonic knowledge that came back out in the medieval period. And that can be expressed very beautifully by saying, all is number, and then geometry is number in space, music is number in time, and astronomy is is number in space and time. And each one of these four subjects, um, number, geometry, music, and astronomy, are really keys to a vast amount of knowledge. And I explore each of them in Secrets in Plain Sight. But I thought today we could start by discussing number in in some depth and then go into some more specific examples of this encoding in cities. Sounds so like we can talk idea, about Scott, San Francisco in particular. So <clears throat> let's just think about number itself. Um, there was a discovery by Peter Plichta, 
in his book, um, God's Secret Formula, that all of the numbers can be expressed as a, a single fraction, 1 over 81. And if you t- take um, 0, 0.01234567891011 and so on, out to infinity, that actually is equal to the reciprocal of 81. And there's an elegant proof of that in his book. But the reason I bring that up is because he also discovered that there are exactly 81 stable elements in the universe. There's, if you look at the periodic table, it says the elements beyond 83 are radioactive. But there's actually two other elements, I think they're 41 and 61, that are also radioactive, leaving exactly 81 stable elements in the universe. So you can say that it's all based on number. And more specifically, it's 9 times 9. And this gets down to the um, Egyptian belief in the Ennead, or the nine great gods that were worshipped in Heliopolis. And this Ennead was expressed in San Francisco. And I discovered this diagram, this nine-sided figure, over the streets of San Francisco. How how on earth did you discover that, Scott? Well, I was kind of led to it. Um, I was looking at the Transamerica Pyramid, and it's at the head of Columbus Avenue, which cuts across the street grid at a 40-degree angle. And just um, at that same time that I was studying that, I had been hired by an architect to help him with this 3D model of a nine-sided atrium he had designed. And so I was well acquainted with the fact that the 40-degree angle is the circle divided into nine parts because, you know, nine times 40 is 360. So uh, I overlaid a nine-sided figure over the streets of San Francisco, and I put one of the corners on the Transamerica Pyramid and one of the edges along Columbus Avenue. Sure enough, the second edge follows the regular street grid in the oldest part of San Francisco. And then it goes across the bay. One of the points of the nine-sided figure points due north, and one of the edges perfectly frames Treasure Island, which appears to have been designed with this figure in mind. Its precise location, length, and orientation match this figure. And what was well, Treasure Island uh, created for? It was created, I, th- I think it was 36 or 37, it was created for um, um, this World's Fair that was going to be uh, held there. And interestingly enough, there was a, a tower um, that was constructed during that fair. And that's gone now, and it's been replaced by these two hexagonal-shaped barracks, which I I discuss in my San Francisco episode. And they're in disrepair, and they're going to be replaced by a a tower called the Sun Tower, 650 feet high, that's currently in the planning stage. But more recently, I discovered that the architect Santiago Calatrava designed a bridge in Redding, California, called the Sundial Bridge, which is a giant sundial, like the world's tallest sundial. And it is due north of the center point of this 
nine-sided figure overlaid over San Francisco. And it's 166.66 nautical miles exactly to the gnomon of this sundial. So these things, I tend to find these kind of alignments that are just too perfect to have been chance. So the big question, Scott, is uh, when you say uh, to, to be chance, uh, the, the, the big question that I have is the people who are doing this, uh, do they know what they're doing? Is it conscious? Is it unconscious? What's, how, what's your take on that? Well, I think it's actually very difficult to determine that because some of the things that I've discovered are so mind-blowing that I just don't believe that people could have had a conspiracy to create such, such miraculous alignments, especially when they happened, you know, 5,000 years ago. I'll give you an example. The distance from the center of the Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem, where the foundation stone is, sacred to three of the world's great religions, the distance from there to Glastonbury Tor is exactly 33.3 degrees. And we don't usually measure distances in degrees, but in Google Earth you can do that with the measure tool. And, uh, you know, check it out. It's really mind-blowing. You can do it yourself and verify that. So, what, so while you're on that topic, what's, and we're going to obviously we're going to skate around a bit, but I'll bring you back to certain points. What's the significance of the of the number thirty three or three three three? Well, um, I think before I answer that, let me say that back to the Ennead or the nine gods. If you think of one ninth, its decimal value is point one 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 forever. Two ninths is point two 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 forever, and so on. And so each one of the ninths represents this repetitive digit idea. And so I think that is really the root of all of this fascination with repetitive digits that we find. For example, the Washington Monument is 555 feet, five and a half inches high, which is equal to 6,660 inches. So we have these repetitive digits that keep popping up. But back to 33, um, the 33rd degree jewel in Scottish Freemasonry depicts a nine-sided star, which I find very curious because it maps directly to the San Francisco Ennead. But 33 is this number that the Masons have identified as being part of the architecture of the universe. And the, the Masons don't really own the number. They've merely identified this sacred concept and used it in their buildings. For example, in Washington, D.C., the headquarters of Scottish Freemasonry is called the House of the Temple. The building form is a truncated pyramid with 13 steps, just like the pyramid on the back of the dollar bill, and the building has 33 columns that are 33 feet high. There are 33 members of its Supreme Council, and the highest degree in Freemasonry is, of course, the 33rd degree. But you can, apparently, if you're a Mason, you can rise to the 32nd degree on your own hard work. But you can't become a 33rd degree Mason unless you're selected by the other 33rd degree Masons. So I think that most Masons aren't really aware of all of this stuff. 
And it might be only at the very highest level that these things are planned. Now, let me give you some examples of 33. First of all, the human spine has 33 bones. The Schumann, the Schumann resonance is the frequency that the Earth vibrates at. It's 7.83 hertz. And this happens because there's actually lightning discharges at every moment somewhere on Earth. And it causes a resonance in the ionosphere. And it causes the Earth to vibrate at this very low frequency. Well, um, middle C is 33 harmonics or 32 overtones above the Schumann resonance. So you can say that we vibrate approximately 33 octaves above the Earth. If you go under the ocean, every, th every 33 feet below the, the surface of the ocean you go, you reach another atmosphere of pressure. You can orbit the Earth at a maximum speed of Mach 33, or 33 times the speed of sound. If you exceed that and go Mach 34, you, you reach escape velocity, which means you can go to the moon or some other place. NASA has a runway 33 at the Kennedy Space Center. There's only one runway there, by the way. <laughs> it's because it's at the vector of 330 degrees true north. There's a launch complex in the middle of the desert called Launch Complex 33. There are no other launch complexes around there. And that's where the Nazis that were brought over in Operation Paperclip launched the first V-2 rockets that inaugurated America's space program. Today there's a, um, a place called Spaceport America, very close to Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. And it's located at 33 degrees north. It's the place where Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic launches its space plane into orbit. Um, you know, I can go on quite a bit longer here. <laughs> Basically, everything, everything you're saying is just leading me, <laughs> leading me to another, another question, and, and obviously we're, we're only going to be able to, to meet some of them. But I want to come back just to what we, you said at the very beginning, because one of the, and we're coming up to our first break, so it's, it'll be a brief answer from you. But again, it's to remind our listeners that the, this use of number in these designs is a deliberate action to become aligned with the architecture of the universe. That's right. And um, so it's done for some purpose, to, to come into alignment, to perhaps gain the favor of heaven, if you will, to resonate with the architecture of the universe. But it's done kind of in secret. It's not really publicized. <laughs> until now. <laughs> yeah, until I've kind of figured it out. We're coming other up to our first break, and we'll continue with this absolutely fascinating uh, discussion afterwards. It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. 
Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. And I just want to remind you of my own website, www.petertung.com. My October newsletter is now out, and you can have a look at what I had to say about the interesting energies of September and also our Virgo landscape uh, zodiac journey, and also www.myheartcenteredjourney.com, where uh, we have our Ambassadors of Light program, and we had a fantastic uh, call last Thursday uh, where we, uh, we discuss what is happening in the world. We talked about Archangel Michael and our upcoming Libra workshop, which took place uh, this last Sunday was another fantastic day in, out in our landscape. I have with me today Scott Onstad, who's talking about all is number. And before the break, Scott, you were chatting about the number 33, so carry on. Okay. Um, the sun's core spins once every 33 days. And this is just something that scientists at Stanford University have recently figured out. The sun is 333,000 times more massive than the Earth. The Planck length, which is the smallest length in quantum physics, is 33 orders of magnitude smaller than your thumbnail, or one centimeter. You know, these things are built into the structure of the universe. And then they're encoded. For example, in New York City, the Federal Reserve Bank is located at 33 Liberty Street. Do you think that was an accident? The, um, let's see, what else? Um, the ziggurat in Laguna Niguel, California, is called the Chet Holyfield Federal Building. It's located at 33 degrees, 33 minutes north. And its primary tenants are the Department of Homeland Security and the IRS. The ziggurat form harkens back to Babylonian architecture, which is part of this whole mystery. Let's see. Um, the Library of Congress um, is an important um, secret in plain sight. It was the subject of a 33-cent stamp. And there are 33 ethnological heads on the Library of Congress's exterior, depicting all the different kinds of people. Um, the United Nations emblem is divided into 33 sectors. The um, city of London is surrounded by 32 boroughs, making 33 jurisdictions. See how these things are just part of our reality. We sort of take it for granted. Jesus was said to have died at age 33, 
Back in San Francisco, a friend of mine, Jan Fulstrup, discovered Pier 33 and the symbolism surrounding it. He equated it to the Royal Arch degree in the York Rite because Pier 33 has a rusticated arch with a keystone and it looks very much like this Royal Arch degree that has a keystone. And the keystone is in the zodiac sign Cancer. And interestingly enough, very close to Pier 33 is the famous Pier 39, which is called Fisherman's Wharf. It's a very big tourist attraction. And its symbol is a crab representing cancer. Because Italian immigrants first created Fisherman's Wharf, and they were looking for Dungeness crab. And you can have big crab dinners there today. The crab, or cancer, is chosen as the top of the royal arch because that's the sign of the summer solstice. The tropic of cancer represents the point on the earth where, where the sun is overhead at, at its zenith, on the solstice. And San Francisco has an amazing relationship to the Tropic of Cancer. It's phi times the Tropic of Cancer equals the latitude of San Francisco. Isn't that incredible? It certainly is. And, and how, do you, how do you put all these links together? How do they, how do they come to you? Well, um, it's kind of a mystical thing because... Um, I'll just follow a little feeling I have that I need to look at something. And then I'll discover a key fact. And it, it happens so often to me that I'm used to it, but I'm, I'm still marvel at it because it, it never used to happen to me years ago. It, it's only since I made Secrets in Plain Sight. It's almost like there's somebody working with me in another dimension, and they're just you know, impulsing me to discover these things. And that leads me to wonder about these masons and so on. Are they really aware of it, or are they kind of working like I am, where they, where they say, well, I just feel that I should make a building that's 864 feet high, you know? Um, the Transamerica Pyramid is 864 feet high, if you include the glass pyramidian cap on top. It was designed by William Pereira, the same guy who designed the Chet Holyfield Federal Building in Laguna Niguel, California, which I mentioned before. Well, it just so happens that 864 is the number of the sun because the sun's diameter is 864,000 miles. In the book, The Lost Science of Measuring the Earth, John Michel and Robin Heath point out another amazing fact the distance from the center of Stonehenge to the base of Silbury Hill is 864,000 feet. And I've measured this in Google Earth. It is a fact. So right there we have kind of a problem when we, when we think about it because those structures were made 5,000 years ago. How is it that the ancients knew the size of the sun measured in miles and furthermore were able to survey quite a long distance on the earth and represent that. It's incredible. So it's all part of this grand design, this, this architectural feat 
and the influences that are placed upon us from perhaps we don't know where when we do it at the time. I think so. I mean, I'm, I'm of two minds. I think that part of it is probably this kind of hyper-dimensional connection, and part of it might really just be a conspiracy of people who understand part of the architecture of the universe, and they're trying to encode it in their buildings and cities. You know, um, La Place de la Concorde in Paris is 86,400 square meters, being the largest square in Paris. It resonates with the sun. And what's right in the middle of it? An ancient Egyptian obelisk from the Temple of Luxor. Back in San Francisco, there's a street pyramid that goes along Montgomery Street at the top, Market Street on the right, Van Ness on the base, and Columbus on the left. This was identified by Stephen O'Rourke in an article he wrote years ago. I took a look at that, and I noticed that California Street cuts right down the middle of the pyramid. And what's right in the middle where the King's Chamber would be? 1111 California Street, the Masonic Center at the top of Knob Hill. Isn't that incredible? It certainly is. If you draw a line from the top of City Hall in San Francisco to the very beginning of Pier 33, that line passes directly over 1111 California Street. And furthermore, that line is 3,333 meters in length. And so this really boggles my mind because how could it be that they located City Hall in just the right place and, you know, put 1111 California Street on the top of Knob Hill? I just don't believe that that could be a conspiracy, you know, that people could have organized things that well. It, it sort of think, makes me come to the conclusion that it's beyond the human condition. It's perhaps in the fourth dimension. The reason I say the fourth dimension is because the symbolism in Paris led me directly there. The, uh, the grand arch at the end of the historical axis actually has the form of a hypercube or tesseract, a cube within a cube, this fourth dimensional cube. And that really got me thinking more about these astral gods, if you will. These, the Ennead, perhaps, actually are real, and they exist in this unseen realm. And that could be why they have the ability to connect disparate locations in time and space. There's a researcher, Jim Allison, who's drawn a great circle all the way around the world, right along Columbus Avenue in San Francisco. If you follow that vector all the way around the world, it crosses right over the Nazca Plain. And really amazingly, it goes. there's a, a solid white line etched into the Nazca Plain, the, the boldest line. It follows this very azimuth. The line continues all the way around the Earth to the antipodal point, which is Angkor Wat, the largest religious complex in the world and one of the oldest. Angkor Wat means city temple. San Francisco is really a city temple. And furthermore, these 
three locations, San Francisco, Nazca, and Angkor Wat, form double phi relationships with each other. So we just have this incredible beauty encoded. And this must have been planned, I mean, as far back as the beginning of Angkor Wat, which is just mind-blowing. How could this be? When you just explain what you mean by a double phi relationship. Yeah. Let's see. I have it here on my latest blog post, and I'm looking at that right now. The distance between Nazca and Angkor divided by the distance between Angkor and San Francisco equals 1.618. It's the proportion of phi, the golden number. Also, the distance between Angkor and San Francisco divided by the distance between San Francisco and Nazca is 1.618. Another phi relationship. Right, got it. So it's kind of hard to get it in words, and I have a picture there that you can see, and the math is there, and you know you can double check it. So as you're saying that, what, just give us how people can access that blog uh, right now. Just go to secretsinplainsight.com and then click on the word blog at the top. And, and you'll find you a lot of my, most, my latest research. I've put a lot of energy into blogging over the last couple of months. And I have about 50 posts there. And I'm in the process. I've stopped blogging for a, for a time because I'm going to take all the blog posts that I've done and I'm going to take all of the content from Secrets in Plain Sight and weave it all into a new narrative and put it into an ebook. Oh, wow, fantastic. That's my next project. That's your next project, wow. So when people go to San Francisco, um, what should they be doing? Well, I recommend you watch my San Francisco episode <laughs> and, and read my San Francisco, Secrets of San Francisco blog post to get kind of a primer on the city. And then that will naturally lead you to different places like 1111 California Street. And across the street, it's the um, Grace Cathedral, which has a replica of the, the famous labyrinth at Chartres Cathedral, both inside and outside the cathedral. There's one on the ground outside, and you, uh, it's famous for people walking the labyrinth. It's a symbolic journey of the soul, because it's not a maze. You can't get lost. There's only one path from birth to death, and you can take this path and do a kind of a walking meditation while you're there. And while you're at it, you can watch my short video, video and understand some of the secrets in plain sight that are encoded in one of the most magnificent examples of Gothic architecture ever made. So, Scott, we're actually coming up to our second break, and because I love Chartres Cathedral so much, I'm going to ask you to talk a bit about it when we return after this break. Okay. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. 
Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. Listening on a higher dimension. 7th Wave Network. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. Having a wonderful discussion today with Scott Onstutt. Please do check out his website, www.secretsinplainsight.com. Both the videos, there's a three-hour, 40-minute, one-piece-together video, or you can break it down into segments according to different uh, geometries and different sites around the world that connect into those energies, and also Scott's blog, uh, where there's also tremendous uh, information. So, Scott, just before the break, you, you mentioned uh, Chartres Cathedral. And when you say that, I, I get very excited because, to me, it's one of the most powerful uh, containers of, of alchemical transformation that exists. So just tell our listeners what you know about Chartres. Well, I've done all my research here from my armchair. I'd, I've never been there. I'd love to go, and, and I understand it's one of the most beautiful sites in the world. That's um, absolutely true, yes. It, but more than a cathedral, it was a cathedral school. It was the first cathedral school in the medieval period, and it represented the, re, the resurfacing of Pythagorean and Platonic knowledge in the West after about a thousand years. So this knowledge was passed through a Christian filter, and it reemerged in those times. And it, it formed the basis of the seven medieval liberal arts, and those are broken down into two parts, the trivium and the quadrivium. And I've already mentioned the quadrivium subjects. But the trivium is um, grammar, logic, and rhetoric. And these are necessary subjects to master in order to develop critical thinking. And once you have critical thinking, you can then dive into the quadrivium subjects to understand the architecture of the universe. So how, how is the quadrivium actually encoded into Chartres Cathedral? Well, in the plan of, of the cathedral, there, there's an architect, John James from Australia, who's analyzed the plan, and he shows that it's broken down into squares representing the quadrivium, if you will. There's, um, this is shown in my Chartres Cathedral um, Part 1 video. And basically you draw a diamond shape or square, rotated 45 degrees, that touches the apse, rond point, and the labyrinth, the center of the labyrinth. And then there's two smaller squares, which are half the size of the larger square, which go from the rond point to the chapels, and from the labyrinth to the royal portal. So we have this beautiful connection. And then there was a, a Renaissance architect, um, artist, uh, Cesare Cesariano, who made a Vitruvian man, which was based on squares, 
and it's a perfect map to the plan of Chartres Cathedral with the squares. So you can see how the the actual plan of the cathedral represents the body of a man. Because as above, so below. It's encoding the human body, which is the basic temple of the universe, in an architectural scale. They have to make it bigger and encode it on the ground in that way. The Roman architect Vitruvius uh, encoded in his ten books of architecture all of the knowledge needed to build effective temples, which essentially are based on the human body. I watched a video by Keith Critchlow, a professor of architecture in England, and he analyzed the facade of Chartres Cathedral and shows how the number symbolism on the western facade maps to the chakras in the Indian system, where they are each represented by different numbers of lotus petals. That's actually encoded in there. And it's just an amazing fact that the rose window is 40 feet in diameter, and that's the same diameter as the labyrinth on the floor. The section of the cathedral, I've, I've analyzed that and discovered that it, it's um, divided into a series of triangles. And this is where a picture is really worth a thousand words, and you just yes, have to yes. watch the, the video to see that diagram yes. that I've shown. But it's based on a rare depiction of the Kabbalistic tree of life. And um, the number symbolism in the rose window corresponds to uh, an Arab alchemist um, and his division of all of creation into um, a different number of parts. And I've lost, I don't have the number in my mind right now, but you can watch the video and you'll see that. So Chartres Cathedral is really a masterwork of hidden syncretism. It's melding belief systems from different cultures together. And it, did, it had to do so in a secret way, because at that time you couldn't openly talk about these things, or you'd probably be burned at the stake. But, uh, for example, Pythagoras himself is sculpted in the uh, royal portal. There's a little uh, depiction of him there. Just little clues are given to you there. And so the, the message is really only though there for people who have eyes to see and ears to hear, as it says in the Bible. It's all encoded there. In the crypt, there's a black Madonna and child called Our Lady of the Pillar, which is underneath this Gothic arch, which really resonates with the Vesica Pisces shape in the womb of creation. And the reason that this is there is, I think it's because the site where the cathedral is built was, for thousands of years before that, was a Druid shrine of Isis. And this black Madonna may represent Isis. And it's just... Right Which there is actually a great, uh, great segue for us to move from Chartres and go back to Egypt, um, where much of this synchronicity and geometry uh, originates, certainly the, the dedication to. So let's, let's go back to Egypt and talk about Isis and, 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 her, and her central role in this, Scott. Sure. Um, well, there's a lot to say about Egypt and the Great Pyramid in particular, but I think what I'd like to do is talk about the relationship of six to five, 
and how that is encoded in the bent, the bent pyramid and the red pyramid. And that's just south of Giza. Again, a picture is worth a thousand words, and you have to see this little animation that I have to really get this, but the red pyramid is based on a pentagon. Um, the pentagon is divided into five triangles, and the triangles are rotated up, and when they touch at a, at a peak, it perfectly describes the slope of the red pyramid. The bent pyramid has that same slope on the, on the top because it has two slopes, an upper and lower slope. So it has this um, pentagon relationship on the upper slope, and the lower slope has a hexagon relationship. So the, you could say that the bent pyramid is really a temple to the relationship of six to five. And in the Egyptian Ennead, the position of Osiris is the sixth god, and Isis is the fifth god. So you could say that six to five is really the relationship between Osiris and Isis. Um, and I've already mentioned, like, the height of the Washington Monument, 555 feet, equal to 6,666 inches. Um, but that's also encoded in St. Paul's Cathedral in London. Stephen Skinner mentioned this in his book, Sacred Geometry. The um, first step as you enter the cathedral all the way to the end of the cathedral in plan is 555 feet. The cathedral is 365 feet high, representing the year, of course. But back to Egypt. If you think of um, 6 to 5, that's represented in the earth itself. 6 fifths times 12 to the 4th power equals the mean circumference of the earth in miles. It's a really simple, beautiful relationship. Another one is 6 fifths times 5 squared equals pi. And that's not exact. It's only 99.999% accurate. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. I'll give you another example um, that is kind of, kind of freaked me out. On 8.8.11, so we have kind of a repetitive thing going there, the S&P dropped 6.66%. And the Dow dropped 5.55%. So it's like the matrix is playing games with us. <laughs> Absolutely. Because that 8.8 is always a very powerful day, isn't it? In, in, uh, that's, it's like a stargate every year. And yeah. I remember being involved in, in a major ceremony on the 8.8-2008. But each 8 -8 year there's 2008 was when they event. turned on the Large Hadron Collider at CERN. And That's it's correct, also yes. at 8 p.m. on that day is when they began the Beijing Olympics. Right. I <laughs> think that was an accident? Of course not. <laughs> there are 88 keys on the piano, you know? Um, all of these repetitive digits are coming from the same source, I believe. They're all ninths. They all represent the Ennead. They're all deeply rooted in number. The distance from the center of the Kaaba, the stone that all Muslims need to go and visit once in their life, the distance from there to the foundation stone inside the Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem is 666 nautical miles. More precisely, it's 665.65 nautical miles. Rounding up, you get 666. But if you look at it as it is, 
665.65, you could say it's a relationship between 6 and 5. When you look at so, the, uh, the eagle on the back of the dollar bill in, in the U.S., there's 33 feathers on one wing and 32 feathers on the other wing, representing, of course, the two highest degrees in Scottish Freemasonry. But if you add 33 plus 32, you get 65, representing this relationship again. So this relationship is to do with the masculine and feminine energies, essentially, through Osiris and Isis. That's right. So you would have a different take on what the 666 really means then than, than the mark of the beast. Well, it has that connotation as well. It's the mark of the beast is, is um, the mark of man, you know? Exactly, yeah, and that's how I see it too. Yeah. Well, that's the Bible the, quote. The actual Bible quote talks about the, um, it's the number of man. And they say exactly. ma- maybe they're saying man is a beast. And at times <laughs> you have to admit men can be beasts. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Scott, we've come to our, our final break, so we'll take this break and we'll return with Scott Unstart uh, in a few moments. It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you, to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tong. And Scott Onstott, my guest today, has just given me a great reminder of uh, the trip I'm going to be leading to Egypt in uh, the second half of February with Finbar Ross. And having looked at uh, the YouTubes that Scott has created, I'm going to be uh, much better prepared for leading that trip. Uh, if you're interested, please go to www.celticmysticaljourneys.com where you'll see all of uh, Finbar's sacred site trips and specifically looking here at uh, the second half of February in 2012 for our trip to Egypt together. So, Scott, we were talking just before the break about the 6-5 ratio, and you mentioned pi and phi. Presumably there's some importance around those two uh, numbers. I think they're two of the most important numbers in math, and um, that reminds me of some connections with these numbers in New York City. Um, For example, the United Nations headquarters is located in, in midtown Manhattan, and the famous Secretariat's building proportions are one to phi. It's a golden rectangle that's built there. 
And not too far away, um, we have Central Park. And I was actually led to the United Nations by an alignment that I discovered. If you look um, at Central Park in Google Earth, you'll see that there's a linear underwater structure in the Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis Reservoir right outside the Met. And that line, if you extend it, it goes right into a specific wing of the Met called the Sackler Wing where the ancient Egyptian Temple of Isis called the Temple of Dendur is located, believe it or not. And if you continue that line, it goes directly to the uh, United Nations headquarters. So following, following that line backwards, we go back to the Met, and we look at what's just outside the Met is Cleopatra's Needle, an obelisk from Heliopolis that was brought there by the Freemasons in the 19th century. Well, my friend Mark Gray has taken to measuring things, just as I do in Google Earth, and he measured the distance from the uh, base of Cleopatra's Needle to Alma Mater at Columbia University, this famous sculpture of um, kindly mother. Um, and that distance is 3,141 meters, representing pi. And so we have the phallic Cleopatra's needle representing the male aspect. And we have Alma Mater representing the kindly mother. So, so often with obelisks, they're always balanced by the feminine energy in some way. This is a beautiful example of this alignment connecting these two things. But most often, like in Rome, you'll find obelisks are always flanked by fountains representing the feminine. Another alignment from Cleopatra's Needle to Three World Financial Center just across the street from the World Trade Center. It, it's a building that it has a pyramid on top of it. The distance is 3,003, sorry, the distance is 333,000 inches. And furthermore, three World Financial Center is oriented in line with that axis to Cleopatra's needle. It's almost as if the building was designed that way with that, in re with that uh, Cleopatra's needle in mind. There are more in New York City. There's more amazing distance, distances and symbolism. So probably a good, a good place to mention would be the Statue of Liberty. The Statue of Liberty, um, the height of it from the, the base of the foot to the top of the head, 111 feet, one inch. <laughs> she has 11. She, she stands on a, a base of 11 points. She has a crown of seven rays. The Great Pyramid's proportions are seven in the base, and sorry, seven in the heights, and eleven in the base, just like the famous convenience store, Seven Eleven. Um, there are so many connections in New York City. I'm I'm just trying to cue one up in my mind. The um, the location of the um, the tridents inside the, um, the new 9-11 um, Memorial Museum there, yep. they're, they're located right between the, um, the former Twin Towers. And what used to be there was called the Sphere, this golden uh, ball 
the formal name is the Great Spherical Caryatid. Well, it was moved to Battery Park after 9-11. But guess how far it was moved? 33,333 inches <laughs> from the original location. Furthermore, if you go from that, those tridents that are there now to the rond point in the Cathedral of St. John the Divine, that's 11,111 meters. Mark Gray figured this out, and it's just incredible. It's funny, it's, it's amazing, because I, I was actually going to ask you, uh, Scott, is, does St. John the Divine uh, come into this in some way? Because it's another magnificent cathedral that is not really a cathedral, it's a spiritual center. Well, it's like um, the largest cathedral in the world, I believe, at 121,000 square feet. And, you know, 11 times 11, of course, is 121. <laughs> And there's a 2,000-pound quartz crystal inside that uh, cathedral, which I always wondered why it was there. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, anchoring the energy. is absolutely magnificent. Yeah, anchoring the energy is in there for sure. Yeah, wow. In one of the World Financial Center buildings, um, I think it's, it might be World Financial Center 3. Yeah, it's the American Express Tower. In there, there's a, a monument called 11 Tiers that has a 600-pound quartz crystal um, suspended on 11 cables, it's 11-sided crystal, and it's suspended over a reflecting pool that has 11 sides. It's wow. this incredible monument to 1111. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if you add up all the, uh, the building heights in the World Trade Center, they add up to 6,660 feet. Do you think that was an accident? So we're, we're, going, we're coming to, uh, to, towards the close of the show, um, and I don't want to leave the situation without giving you the opportunity to actually talk about what you think this is all about for us today and what we're supposed to be doing with this knowledge to uh, better mankind and humankind. What, what, what is your sense and your feel of how, now that we know this information, how are we supposed to be using it to, to make the world a better place for people? I think we're supposed to become aware that there's an incredible perfection in reality of the location of different buildings and so on, and, and it all relates to number. Um, I think we're supposed to become aware of that now, and that's going to grow our consciousness. We're going to realize that, that nothing is random, that everything has a, a purpose and a meaning. Um, coincidences aren't just coincidences, but fortuitous opportunities for you to elevate your consciousness. And not least of which seems to me that your, your uh, comments about the connection across the veil to beings or even our own being, our own higher consciousness, that are trying to direct and guide us through this uh, series of synchronous events and, and showing us things and revealing things that we just need to pay attention to and follow up on. That's right. Uh, exactly. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, we're on, we're on a pretty similar, not identical, but pretty similar path because, uh, you know, with the work that I'm doing with the Landscape Zodiac, currently there's a lot of similarities in the way in which this is unfolding. Yours is much more numerical than mine, but it's still unfolding in a similar way. That's right. And, and I didn't talk 
too much about um, long-distance alignments. Or um, there, There's a lot more in Secrets in Plain Sight than just numbers. I've sort of been beating you over the head with numbers. <laughs> Not at all. And I'm sorry for that, but Not it's at all. one way to get into the mysteries, and I find it's very direct. But there are many other paths. And I do encourage all of you, you'll, you'll, you'll spend the rest of your life on this uh, website, but to go into secretsinplainsight.com because there's so much information there, and specifically about certain areas. If you've been grappling, trying to understand, we haven't even talked about astronomy at all, which also comes into play. Uh, if you've been grappling with any of this that you're unsure about, I'm sure somewhere in Scott's work you'll find certainly some of the answers that you, you're looking for. I definitely have, and I've got lots of uh, stuff to follow up upon now. And uh, Scott, we're coming to the end of the show, so just a final, a final word from you. Well, I'd just like to encourage people to buy my Secrets in Plain Sight on DVD-ROM. Um, you know, it's nice to have a hard copy of it. It's much quicker access. There's chapter um, titles that allow you to jump to the re- relevant information that you're looking for. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really, really enjoyed the show. Thank you. Thank you. Firstly, my guest is Barbara Berger, and we'll be talking about her new book, which is a practical spiritual guide handbook for the awakening time that we're in. And the book is called The Awakening Human Being, and she'll be on Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Sounds like another perfect alignment. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Do check out www.secretsinplainsight.com, and my thanks today to Scott for a wonderful time spent together. Have a wonderful week. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.